welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am still your host, Richard Avram Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matthew Christopher O'Hara. Hey, hey. How are we doing today? All right, man. How are you doing? Could be better if I didn't have the Cavs playoff game on pause so we could do a podcast. Right. But, you know, we are dedicated. Here we are. Uh, And we'll see the end of the game. Very true. We'll be there. So let's get right into this today. No nonsense. Is there any news and notes I'm missing? Uh, nothing that I can really think of. Awesomeness. Yep. So here we are, stopping, starting back up with the NFL draft. Where you know the NFL draft was weeks ago, but yeah, we get all summer, baby. We got all we got. Phew. We got all summer to break this stuff down, man. We got so much fun to do. So we're gonna see how far we get today. Um, I would like to make this somewhat of a quick episode because I got some basketball to watch. Um, so let's get into it. Third round of the NFL draft. Uh. You know, like you mentioned last week, not a lot of players going off the board here. But the first player taken off the board here in the third round was by the Denver Broncos. They take running back Royce Freeman. And we thought it was going to be a Devontae Booker show, possibly D'Angelo Henderson. And now they draft Royce Freeman, who is a three-down back. Yeah, he profiles as a three-down back for sure. Uh, you know, five foot eleven, 229 pounds. He had a decent 40 at uh, 4.54 seconds. Um, a six cone was sick. Yeah, he had a really three good. Three cone, that's six uh, cone. Yeah, three cone at 6.9. So, you know, it shows the change of direction is is really good there with Royce Freeman. It's something you can see on tape as well uh, with the back coming out of Oregon. So Yeah, I mean, he rushed for 122 yards in every game that he had at least 15 carries. And there's not a lot of car- competition ahead of him. You know, this is a guy that had a six point, you know, yards per carry in college. Rushed for, like you said, 1,475 yards and had 16 touchdowns. Has some nice receiving ability. Yep. I think they like Devontae Booker enough where they might try to utilize him here as well. But I think they do kind of envision him as that nice three-down running back. And he, to me, he's one of those guys that is a nice, solid running back. You know, he's not as physical as you thought he'd be uh, for a man of his stature. Not overly explosive or elusive, but a very steady college running back. Kind of like, I mean, he's kind of like a C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I, th- I think I think he definitely is a similar type of back. I mean, without, you know, uh, no, I, I mean, I guess they're pretty similar to be honest. I, I, without anything, I mean, they're 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 both basically same body type, same same side, uh, type of running style. Yeah, I mean, probably gonna be under about right around maybe under thirty catches, right around thirty catches. Depends how they do use Devontae Booker. DeAndre Hunterson did look good in his time there. But, you know, probably like a 1,000, 1,100-yard rusher, which is still pretty good. But it's going to be – he. I think his greatest asset here is just going to be opportunity and usage, which is going to make him a, a, a dynasty asset. He's pretty locked in as a top six rookie pick this year. Would you agree? I would agree. I mean, I think they're going to make him earn it. They've, they've basically come out and said that um, Devontae Booker is going to start camp as the number one, and, and they'll kind of like split time. Uh, so they're going to make him earn it a little bit, but I I, th- I think he's a little bit more talented than Devontae Booker personally. Would you take him? So we were talking about this last week, Karrion Johnson or Royce Freeman. Those two are pretty close, man. Because um, that's the next tier of running backs. After we go over the guys that we already mentioned, that were just selected in the second round. Yeah, no, they definitely are. Uh, uh, and I think at this point, um. At this point, I think I have Royce Freeman just a little bit higher, but that might end up changing, to be honest, because 
I mean, I know that, you know, at the Lions, they have LeGarrette Blunt there, so that might take away a little bit of his, his carries early. Again, for a team that trade up for him, I'm not worried about that at all. They literally, they trade up for him, so they're going to use him. Maybe we'll see what LeGarrette Blunt does. I want. I would like. I would love to know the guaranteed money of Blunt's contract to see if he, if he makes out of a training camp, you know, or into the actual season roster there. But to me, I would still take Karrion Johnson personally over Royce Freeman. And again, it's one A one B there. I'm yeah. not saying I love the one another, but I do like the long term projection of Johnson in Detroit. You know, does Amir Abdullah make the team? Deal Riddick's getting up there a little bit more in age. I know he's a pass catcher running back there, but I do like. I do like Karrion Johnson's catching ability no i, I, I do I, absolutely and you could see him supplementing uh you know or supplanting excuse me um theoretic eventually in the passing game i mean I, they do it in totally different ways so you, they could probably be used you know they could probably even be used on the field at the same exact time um but like you said um Kieran johnson does have some nice receiving skills and he could be used as a receiving back or a third down you know a guy that's all three downs basically and and i think you we can see consistently here in rookie drafts right now that freeman's going ahead of Kieran johnson i think in most of these rookie drafts and i i mean i have him i have freeman eight and Kieran johnson 10 with a with a wide receiver in between them so i mean they're they're stacked right on top of each other as far as running backs on okay. my boards but still a very solid pick uh just one of those guys, I just feel like a couple years from now, like he's going to be in that mold of like maybe like last year, how people were excited about like, you know, like Isaiah Corral, um, you know, the running back who's mostly it, mostly looking at like a, a high end running back too. that's where I see Royce Freeman in the NFL. I could see why you're why you're saying that, and which I, is exciting to have and you want no, right. it's you, good, you it's need good him. value. And at the end of the first round, you know, You'll take that because most likely you're you're pretty good anyway, and the running back two will help your team, and that's and that's where the guy's going. So and remember, I mean, he's got a lot of tread in the tires too. I mean, I don't get overly concerned about that, but he did have 947 carries for 5,621 yards, Roy. So you know, playing there for four years, he he's got a lot of tread in the tires. Oh, Not yeah, a bad yeah. thing, you know. Everybody did that back in the day, but there's a little bit more usage there. Just just a new just a note. Just a note. Just um, just putting it out there. Moving on, next pick in the third round was selected by the Pittsburgh Steelers to take out of Oklahoma State quarterback Mason Rudolph. So if you're in a super flex league, uh, even in a state, so if you're not in a super flex league, I would love to get a Mason Rudolph share late at, towards the end of the draft if he's there. Right around, like, I wouldn't even be opposed to him with the way this this draft has kind of fallen where once you get out of that second round, actually the top end of the third round, everything's kind of like a poo-poo platter there. I'm not overly excited about it where Mason Rudolph's a quality enough quarterback in such a good team that has been consistently good. And for what Mason Rudolph does well, I'd be okay with taking him towards the back end of the fourth round of a standard draft. Fourth round? Yeah. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't have any problem with that at all. So, But Superflex is where we got to look at this. Mm-hmm. Where does Mason Rudolph fall for you in a Superflex draft? Oh, so. Somewhere in the second round, probably end. End of the second round, you think, is good Mm -hmm. value there because you know you're going to be patient on him. Yeah. Three, four years, you might have to wait. And so, I mean, that puts him end of the second, top of the third because there's a lot of good talent that gets pushed down in these super flex leagues. Absolutely, because you got to mention five picks in the first round alone. I mean, you're getting guys like Calvin Ridley. So, I mean, it might might be more realistically placed more in, like, the top of the third round. Yeah, it depends how bad your quarterback situation is. I think if you're – 
at the same time, if you're overly desperate, I would look at trying to make moves and plant myself for next year just to get a better overall, quicker to play quarterback. Because right. again, we don't know how long Bennett is going to play. He could play for easily play for three more years. Easily. Um, yep. So wouldn't be surprised there. So maybe you can auction off a guy like Mason Rudolph. Hey, Mason Rudolph's here. You own Big Ben. Give me your second next year and give me your third this year and we'll make it a deal. You know, right. And then you have two seconds next year to put yourself in position to move up for a quarterback then. But I like him as a nice pick and I like him on the upside and I like his I like his percentage of success, I guess. Definitely in Pittsburgh there. I think he is a nice quality quarterback. So those are really nice deep out ball as well. Obviously, by the time he plays, Antonio Brown will probably no longer be relevant. But you do have Juju there, and they also just drafted James Washington. So, who, who they obviously have a connection. Connection with. Right. So that could be a really nice future combo there. That's a really good thing to maintain. Definitely you come away, somehow come away with the James Washington share and a, and a Mason Rudolph. Ru- Mason Rudolph? Right. I was thinking of reindeers for some reason. I, I don't know why. I could, could never guess. <laughs> uh, moving on. So... Next pick in this draft is a fantastic pick in my eyes where the Cowboys take Michael Gallup. Uh, huge bump to his dynasty stock. Huge to his draft test. This pushes him to me to a high second-round pick. Me, me also. I have him uh, number 14 overall. Right. I mean, so that's, that's, that's where I like him at, too. Right around 14, I think. I, th- I think that's a really good slot for him. So, obviously, um, they don't have anybody set there as the number one. Alan, Alan, Hearns. Alan Hearns will be the, the top guy going into camp. But Gallup has a ton of upside. Um, one of those players that jumps off the page a little bit when when you watch him play. So I can I can see why the Cowboys are taking a chance on this guy after they got rid of Dez and kind of. Um, I'm sure they were static to get him there in the third round um, of, of this draft and, and kind of put all their hopes into him for for at least for this year. He's a fantastic athlete. He's very good route runner. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's gonna that that alone is gonna put him in position definitely the. The with Jason Witten leaving, I could see I could legitimately see Michael Gallup catching anywhere from seventy to eighty five footballs his rookie year. His rookie year. I mean, I mean, they're gonna run the ball. A lot. I was gonna say they're gonna run the ball a lot, and, it, and it's gonna take. It's gonna be a. It, I don't. I I don't realistically see him catching that many, but uh, you know, like sixty, I could see him catching fifty five, uh, sixty balls. We'll see. I think he's a good enough route runner. I think he's gonna start from day one. They need. They have plenty of shit ball shares well, Jer- to go around. Jerry Jones all but said he's got a a day one spot. You know, like a day one um, um, role in the offense. So I mean, that was like right at the draft, which you know some people love to hear and some people hate to hear, depending on uh. what side of the coin you you know. You know, if you if you're a fantasy person like us, we love to hear that kind of stuff because we know that he's going to have some sort of role. If you're a a team like if you're on the Cowboys, you're like, oh great, this guy doesn't even have to come in and work. Really, he can just he can just show up and has a spot already. Yeah, we uh, mentioned before about guys that come in when you when you pick there at one one and what you want to come away with. We mentioned if you are at one one, how fantastic it would be to come away with Saquon Barkley, Mike Gesicki, Antonio Callaway, and how great that would be. Where in the same position, if you had the number two pick and you came away with Sony Michelle, Michael Gallup, Hayden Hurst, Hayden Hurst, you yeah, know, sure. along those lines, just as somehow nice. if Dallas Goddard slipped because he because he went to the Eagles or something like that, yeah, so I'm still not overly excited just because of the patience there, but I'd be happy. I'd be happy with. I mean, him. I would be pretty like happy. To get, yeah, I'd be yeah. in the third. Oh yeah, I'd love to get the guy in the third. But at the same time, if you if you were good at tight end at one one and you came away with. Saquon Barkley and Michael Gallup, then 
you're also in a good spot because this is one of those picks where we always mention there's always those couple guys there in the second round that we look back on three years from now and go, wow, I can't believe he won the second round. What a steal. Would not surprise me if that guy in this year's draft is Michael Gallup where it would be a high second-round pick. This is a guy that can surpass uh, Calvin Ridley. This is a guy that could do better than possibly Cortland Sutton. And this guy could be one of the best receivers in this draft class when it comes to a fantasy aspect because Landon's spot is that good. He's got the young young quarterback to uh, gain the rapport with. He's got a fantastic young running back with a good offensive line and no competition anywhere else. So he could build that connection with Prescott early and then maintain that. So it doesn't matter who they bring in for agency afterwards or who they draft. Michael Gallup and Dak Prescott connection can be a fin- fantastic ca- connection for the foreseeable future. Love the pick. Right on, man. I would love to get some dynasty. I have no share. I've had six rookie drafts. I've ended up with no Michael Gallup shares. And that's a shame, sir. It is a damn shame. I would protest, but nobody would care. <laughs> Next uh, offensive pick in the third round was the Baltimore Ravens. They took a tight end in the first round, and they said, you know what? Why, why, why stop here? Let's take a tight end in the third round where they take out of Oklahoma Mark Andrews. Now, this is a guy that we liked a lot prior to the draft. Um, more of a big slot receiver than a tight end. doesn't block well, doesn't do anything well. So I'm interested to see if they actually just utilize him more as a big slot receiver. It, I mean, it's odd because really neither neither one of the guys that they drafted was great at blocking. You know what I mean? Hayden Hurst wasn't awesome. I mean, he showed probably more effort and, and more want to than Mark Andrews. So, I mean, I guess if you're going to pick one out of the two to the be the inline guy, it would be Hayden Hurst. Um, but I, I agree, Mark Andrews, he's going to end up being more of a slot type of guy. Which is, makes sense because he played wide receiver all the way up until junior year. Right. You know, he's a pretty good route runner, not a good blocker, not overly explosive, doesn't, nothing, but he makes plays. This is a guy that scored a touchdown once every five catches. So are they looking maybe for, like, Hayden Hurst to be that more athletic kind of, like, tight end, whatever they want to do there. But Running the seams, and, and, and Mark Andrews is, is just kind of the joker piece that moves all around yeah. the chest chessboard that's what i would that's how i would envision it but you know i'm not i'm not part of that baltimore state and i'm seeing in all these rookie drafts that mark andrews is going ahead of hayden hurst and i and i I think he kind of should to be honest from a fantasy Uh, aspect he's probably more likely quicker to get fantasy points and again i would love to have a tight end that mostly lines up in the slot so would i and and obviously Mark Andrews has more of a long-term outlook too, just because Hayden Hurst is older, uh, 105 already. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, what is he? I, literally, he's going to be 25, right, at the beginning of the season. He is going to be 25 at the start of the season, yeah. correct? As a tight end. So for you, for Mark Andrews, I mean, where do you see Mark Andrews being in this system, which is going to change drastically? You know, the receivers on that team are a big question mark. They bring in John Brown. Uh, they sign. Uh, Michael Crabtree, right? But you know, this is Joe Flacco. It was probably the last year there. It's going to they're going to tr- completely change his offense for Lamar Jackson. Which you know, a guy like Lamar Jackson, his two tight ends could be his two best friends, and this could be a very sexy two tight end set Baltimore Ravens team. It could be. It's going to be a totally different looking team. Obviously, like you said, in like a year or so. Um, but Mark Andrews, man, I I would see him back end of the second round, top end of the. I mean, he probably would have gone. Had he just gone to the Ravens and they didn't draft another tight end in the first round, he would he would be solidified in the a high second high round. second round. But right, yeah, going right after Gasicki. But, but but this is this is you know obviously he's the second guy drafted. He's probably going to go before Hayden Hurst, but it's going to be back end of the second round. I think is where he ends up going. 
I think that's fair. You know, it depends on who's who's available there, but I think that's fair. And remember, tight end, you got to kind of want that position to fill. Moving on, next pick, third round, Traquan Smith out of Central Florida, wide receiver, goes to the New Orleans Saints. This is a guy that we liked pre-draft process, and yep. now he ends up in a fantastic spot. We don't know how much longer Drew Brees is going to play. So that's a question mark there. You got a guy in Mike Thomas locked in as the number one receiver. They just cut Kobe Fleener. Yes, they did. So it leaves. Um, it's like Cameron Meredith. It's Ben, ben Watson, Watson as yeah. your number one tight end. They just signed Cam Meredith, who right. has a high upside as well. And they signed him for three years. So this puts Traquan, you know, for opportunity wise, almost like the Leontay Carew mm-hmm. situation, where right. like we really like the player, but now it's a question mark. It comes down to whether what does Cam Meredith do? Honestly, that's what it comes down to. And then even that comes down to where they at a quarterback in two years from now. Yep. Then what happens? Yep. Because I mean Traquan Smith, he's a solid player. I mean, six foot one, two oh three, runs a four four nine, made really good tough catches, acrobatic catches, a really great receiver. And it's but he's looking right now as at best a third guy, the third receiver. Right. That's it. that's his best case scenario, and that's you know if he picks up the offense quickly and best, well, I guess field. best case is he comes out, smokes it, and beats out Cam Meredith. And Mer- Cam Meredith just had that one year of fantasticness, and then the candle is now blown out. I mean that that's like your best case scenario, and that that's what the person who drafts him in the second round, like middle of the second round, is hoping for. You know, and if he slips, it's because no one believes that's that's really the case, and you, and you could get him maybe at the top end of the third round. See, in one of these rookie drafts. That's where I look at it, man. I'm just looking at it where, you know, for me, because at the top of the second round, you got guys that I love, like Michael Gallup, Anthony, uh, Anthony Miller, right. are the two top guys. I like at the top. They have really high upsides. And you come to a guy down like Traquan Smith, just with all the question marks with, you have a pass catching running back and Alvin Kamara. Drew Brees is no spring chicken. We don't even know how much longer he's going to last. And they said, I like Cam Meredith. I love Michael Thomas. So where does he fit? Where does he fit? Right. And where does that, and not, not where he's, I think he's a fantastic receiver. I think he's totally going to help the new Orleans saints. I think it's the same, a, a great get. Again, I like the player, but where's my dynasty production? You know what I mean? I like the athlete a ton, but where's my dynasty production coming from? How patient do I have to be? I'm not, I'm not patient enough with what's out there with taking him in the second round. I feel like, it's too big of a hill to climb. You know, I'm, my name is not Jack and I'm not Jill. And I'm certainly not carrying a bucket of water or a pail of water. So I'm not interested in that quest in the third round. Absolutely. You know, that's right after would, a guy like Antonio yeah. Callaway is off the board. Then I'm interested in a guy like Traquan Smith. That's where I would feel good. Yeah. That's where I'm feeling good. I'm not taking him in the second round, man. I love the player. I really do. If he'd have went somewhere, if he would have went to Atlanta Falcons instead of Calvin Ridley, you know, they would have waited a couple rounds and they took him, I'd be ecstatic. If he would have went to the Miami Dolphins, line up outside Devontae Parker, I'd be really happy with that. But it's just one of those spots where it kind of puts a little water on top of my candle, and now I'm just sizzling here, a little <laughs> upset. So for me, great player, great upside. Not down him for a minute if he's a success. Wouldn't have a doubt in my mind or wouldn't even question it. Right. But for me, you're not saying that the person, the the player is bad. It's the situation. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not investing my high second round pick for him. With the next pick, 
the Houston Texans take tight end Jordan Aikens out of Central Florida. Hayden Hurst 2.0 people? Basically, man, except even older. Impossible. <laughs> yeah, swear to God. Even older, older than 25? He is 26, sir. Did, did he play baseball before? Possibly. He played baseball? He played baseball. Comes in as tight end, uh, which takes time to develop, and he's 26. Yep. Goo. I feel like we've already had this conversation. Yeah. And it I, was with it, Hayden Hurst. And... For me, I mean, they took him in the third round, so they're going to try and get him involved early. Uh, you know, being an athlete, that's going to be kind of a nice thing, I guess. You know, this is a guy who has, you know, good acceleration. Routes are okay. Um, but, I mean, his routes, I mean, he's played baseball, so of course his routes are actually going to be not okay. They're going to be need work. He's a 26-year-old rookie. He's dude. a 26-year-old guy. I mean, he can't block. His last year at UCF, he had 30 receptions for 459 yards and four touchdowns. So it's not like he was putting up huge numbers. He's putting up decent numbers for college tight ends. I mean, but it's it's hard to really – it's hard to project exactly what this guy is going to be and how quickly he can get there because he's he's such a project. So for for me, I mean, Jordan Atkins, Jordan Atkins or however you were saying, Atkins. Got me a breaky heart. Atkins. Jordan Atkins. Right on. Um, Akins for a new pick. Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him before like end of the fourth round area just because of age. Yeah. And, and again, remember we play dynasty folks, and he's a tight end. You could do much better elsewhere. You, re- I mean, you really can. He's twenty six. By the time he's up to speed, he's going to be at least twenty eight, twenty nine years old. You're you're better off taking, looking at the downside yeah, of his career already. You're better off taking the next guy we're going to talk about. The first pick in the fourth round, Ian Thomas, absolutely for the Carolina Panthers. Yep. I mean, this guy. Is somebody who has, you know, again, Greg Olson just signed up for a couple more years. So by the time Greg Olson retires, Ian Thomas should be ready to come in and fill that role. Where, again, you know, a guy like Aikens is going to be like, by the time somebody, by the time Greg Olson retires, I think Aikens is going to be ready to retire too. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, so yes, Ian Thomas is is definitely a much better pick, and you know, it, he's in a good situation, like you already said. So I don't know how much more. I mean, he's, a, he's an athletic guy. I don't know how much more we need to go into Ian Tom, uh, Ian Thomas. But where do you see him as? Is is he going to develop into the number one tight end option for Carolina? Where do you see him as a rookie pick again? End of the third, fourth opportunity. He's going to be there. I think that's where he's going to end up going. Um, probably probably closer to the the fourth round than um, anywhere in the third round. I mean, there there might be people that are true believers in Ian Thomas and take him end of the third, but I, you know. Teach his own at that point. I mean, end of the third, top of the fourth. That's they're all pretty similar players. Okay. Uh, next pick was the Houston Texans with the third pick in the fourth round. They take Kiki Kute mm. out of Texas Tech, wide receiver. Comes in four four three speed, so he's in, he's got some good speed. Eight and three, it's hands not very big, not too big not at all. Not very big at all. So this is a guy where you know he's really good as a deep threat. That's like his main goal there, which you have DeAndre Hopkins, who does everything well. Um, but this guy's explosive, so he separates pretty easily. Uh, his route running, I, 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 don't, I didn't watch a million things as film on this guy. No, I have heard this guy profiled more as, I guess, as a slot guy, to be honest, from what I heard. Um, and maybe taking over quickly for like a Braxton Miller type of guy. Like well, he's re- very, returning kicks he's and stuff. He's very thin, you know, uh, one of those guys right, that's but, not I mean, like physical. He's not a physical receiver. They, I mean, they got Will Fuller there. They're not afraid to, to throw a guy out there that's that's small and um, 
kind of throw him out there to the wolves, see if he see if he can produce. Um, so I, I I would see I would think that he's going to compete early for that uh, slot role more so than yeah. Than a lot other. of news on this guy that is you know thin, not very tough, not very physical. More more falls in the category of he's going to help an NFL team more than he's going to help your dynasty team. I view him nothing more than a fourth round pick. Okay. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Fourth round, take a shot on a guy like this. But I mean, I might even wait on a guy like this to see if he falls to the to the fifth round, and then I'd feel I'd feel okay taking him there. Okay, sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Chris Henderson goes. Oh, I'm sorry, Antonio. Naheem Hines is the very next pick. I'm literally looking all over the place. So that's all right. Naheem Hines goes with the next pick to the Indianapolis Colts. I jumped ahead there. I missed his name. No worries. Fantastic landing spot. Great landing spot, For a fantastic man. player that we kind of talked up a little bit here before right. the NFL draft. When we were talking about running backs that were elusive, we I remember when back if I could remember back to the episode when we were talking about like guys like Ito Smith and like that, we were like, you know, give me even a guy like Chase Edmonds. We're like, give me Naheem Hines. Yeah, give give me that guy that you know he's for sure going to catch passes. He was a guy that played wide receiver um, for a few years before he he switched over to running back. So he's got he's got all the skills catching the passes and and he's a decent you know he's a decent running back as well so it's not like he's he's just a guy that's gonna be catching passes and early word out of Colts camp is they're like blown away by by how how great his pass catching ability is in particular so he got eighty nine catches for nine hundred thirty three yards in college just as a guy you know like you said he was a pretty good running back he was that kind of video game kind of speed there real good spin move great balance. Um, showed ability to pass protect and he's coming to a situation where there's literally not much we're hearing uh news that marlon mack had to have offseason i think he had offseason shoulder surgery oh i missed that uh, out there but he had some kind of offseason surgery so okay. he's coming to a situation where he's gonna get instant play you know he's gonna be playable yeah, I mean, early it, here it sounds like they're already envisioning him in into a role and if he expands upon it like he did in college i mean I think in college they saw him as that, and then you know just like a, a pass catching type of guy. But then the more and more they saw him, the more the more that he just became their feature back. So, I while I don't think he's got the size to do that in the pros at, at only 198 pounds, um, he's he, a big play threat, man. He can definitely, you know, he's one of those guys you get him the ball 15 times a game, and seven or eight of them are catches. The other the other ones are big chunk plays, and all of a sudden he's a nice fantasy asset. Former track star. Uh, had some really big runs there out of NC State. Naeem Hines had touchdown runs of 48, 50, 54, and 83 yards out there. So this guy's a big play threat. Going to go play in the dome with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, that shoulder might be looking for a nice dump-off guy. It could be Naeem Hines. Definitely that shoulder surgery. This guy got might get more opportunity if Marlon Mack struggles. Could be, again, a really good steal. If you need running back help, I know I'm in a draft right now that's going on, and I had pick 3-2. And I was, I knew he wouldn't get there, but we already have like pick two ten. He just went. I'm like, man, I hope Hines somehow slips to me. Right. Of course he didn't. I mean, of course. Not. But to me, he's locked in the second round. I could see him going as high as mid second round, depending on how your running backs come off the board. Because after you get past all the guys we talked about, I mean, what running backs are you looking at? Right. No, that? I think they're going to go early, and then then you're going to have a little bit of a break when when guys are are kind of running through all these wide receivers and and maybe the top tight end or so. Um, maybe tight under two, and and then it's going to be him. It's him for yeah. sure. I mean, after you go, carrying Johnson, Royce Freeman, it's Naheem Hines, right? Am I right? Uh, yeah. And I'm looking at him like again. Why would you take a guy like Ronald Jones, 
when you get a guy like Naheem Hines. I, I mean, personally, yeah. That's I, where I see the upside at. I yeah. mean, I see the same kind of upside First ceiling. With you there. Yep. So why can't you just get a guy, a good receiver or somebody in the first round, and then come back in the second round with that pick? Same round with slot, you're going to take Ronald Jones. Say pick one, six, seven, eight, nine, right there. Instead of taking him, take a guy like T.J. Moore, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, Mike Kosicki, Royce Freeman, Karrion Johnson, and then come back in the second round and get a guy like Naheem Hines. To me, that's an overall higher success rate than going into it with a Ronald Jones and a Naheem Hines. You know, or some of those lines are like, oh, I already took a running back, which you should always take best player available. Anyways, that's the way I see that. I think this guy has tremendous upside. little smaller, but it never hurts the running backs at all. Definitely the PPR guys. He falls right in the same category with, you know, he's up there with the Michael Gallups, Anthony Miller, and Naheem Hines. I think, I think actually out of all the guys, Hines gets the biggest boost out of almost all the rookies we've covered. This is a guy that we probably thought maybe going, I know it's just a round, but going from mid-third round, somewhere around there for a guy we liked as a PPR back, now for his landing position could be somebody that can go mid-second round of your rookie draft. And a draft guy said that second round is pretty clouded with talent. This guy is going to be a nice asset. Never will be the top guy. But remember, these PPR running backs turn into running back ones at times. Look at the Duke Johnsons. Look at the Danny Woodheads. Look at the Christian McCaffreys. Look at those guys and look what they produce on a year-in, year-out basis. That could be him three years from now with that long shelf life. You know, Darren Sproles is still playing. Guys like that can come in and be an asset to your dynasty team, whether it be your running back two who you're starting on a weekly basis or a fantastic flex spot or bye week filler. And you're going to get him in the second round at a very volatile and needed position at running back. Love the pick. Can't say anything else, man. You nailed it right there. Next pick, Antonio Callaway to the Browns. Fourth round, fifth pick overall. Love it. This is a guy, you know, a little smaller, 5'10", but he has fantastic speed, has fantastic hands, projected as a potential first-round pick in the NFL draft. Slips because he was suspended all of last year. To me, he has the, got a ton of off-field issues. I mean, you can't just a million. You can't you can't just say he just suspended, got suspended. Suspended for it credit was, card fraud, right? Um, there was like a sexual assault allegation. Failed drug test at the combine, which failed drug test screams stupidity, com- right? Uh, multiple suspensions for marijuana throughout college. But again, what I'm gonna say here is, this shows you exactly how good Antonio Callaway is, because this is a guy like we just mentioned, hmm? failed the drug test at the combine was suspended all of last year for credit card fraud, has multiple suspensions for marijuana, didn't play down last year, still gets taken in the fourth round of the NFL draft. That screams of his talent. He's very talented. I, I totally agree, yeah. So with all that all that in the nutshell, where do you see him going? In, I see in him going drafts? at the very end of the second round to the high third round. Because right there, the gamble's completely worth it i love him if you get him at three one three two three three right around there uh i think i think there's gonna be some second. anxious people especially in our in our neck of the woods that's taking him earlier well that. anytime you're in you're, right. you play for a hometown team if you're right. hometown city we're in cleveland so now he's for the browns those guys always get a little bit of boost because you those are the games you watch every week no right. matter what so you're locked in on those guys but I, that's where i see him because the talent is unquestionable. So, so I mean, this is this is I mean, almost the exact same thing with um, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill had a bunch of off-field issues. 
yeah, I think he even like switched schools or something like that. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, he kind of slipped in the draft and same kind of fell through all the cracks. Late third, I think, got drafted yeah. as well. Um, so same GM. I mean, it was John Dorsey as well that and did Dorsey it. did come out and adamantly say, we did thorough research. We talked to him. Right. We understood where he's coming from. We asked him about the drug test, and he was honest about it. And that's what we were like about it because he was honest. And we feel like we could put him in the right position with the right people where he'll succeed. We said before when we were doing his pre-draft coverage and our breakdown of him, it wasn't a matter if he's going to get busted for a pot in the NFL. It was just a matter of when. And, then, and that's how we felt. Yeah, I mean, but it's a very unique situation that he's going to. Obviously, there's a guy on that team, Josh Gordon, who has gone through all of this before. It can be a good. So th- that could either be a good, good or bad, depending on depending on who's how I guess how much Josh Gordon has his act together. I think it's gonna be good, be only a simple fact because Josh Gordon did lose it all. You know, he's seeing guy, he sees his own teammate from who could be literally him getting paid fifteen million dollars a year in Jarvis Landry. But by the way, I went to the casino on uh, when was it Saturday or Friday? What one night? I went to the casino this week, this past week. I think it was Saturday night. Okay. Uh, and I and I was walking out of the casino late night. Jarvis Landry, Corey Coleman. And all these guys were walking in, and my first thought was like, I had a couple to drink, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like Coleman. He was shocked that anybody even knew who he was. Gave him a fist bump, or whatever. I didn't even, I didn't even recognize Jarvis right away. Um, it was Jarvis landed it, and my, but then as soon as I was done, they walked by. I was like, Holy shit, those guys are short. Yeah, no, they're not big. I mean, I'm six one. Right. And those dudes were significantly smaller than me. I saw Corey Coleman. I walked right past him on East Fourth. He is not big at all. He's a very small dude. You would never guess he's no. an NFL receiver. He was wearing he was wearing like a hoodie and stuff, so he didn't want to be recognized. Uh, but I I mean I walked literally as close as I am to you right now. Corey Coleman just walked right by him, and he's he's smaller than I am. Yeah, he's a tiny dude. Yeah, I could take him. <laughs> I mean, Jarvis Landry. I mean, I'm I'm like six foot, 195 pounds. He is probably five ten, 190 pounds, 195. I mean, so we're you know Jarvis. I will say Jarvis was pretty like I gave Jarvis a pat in the back. He was a pretty solid dude. I and I I am not in all saying I'm in better shape than Corey Goldman. He is he could be smaller than me and in much better shape. And I'm sure I'm sure he's faster than me, a hundred percent. I'm not at all trying to say, but they're just not. Neither I and I know Jarvis isn't that big either because I've seen him stand, stand side by side in that group with him or not. But uh. The point being, at least like Antonio, Josh Gordon would be like, listen, dude, this is what you have to do. These right. are the people you're going to surround yourself with. And honestly, it's not worth it. Like, I literally lost tens of millions of dollars because of this. Well, hopefully that's the message and, that he can convey you know, to him. You're in, you could be like, listen, dude, I'm going to get paid after my contract's up. I'm leaving Cleveland. <laughs> All right, so you're in a good spot here. I'm going to take the highest money I can get, and I'm out this motherfucker. Yeah, he's so, going to. He's, so we'll sit here and talk about, okay, where Traquan Smith is in a bad situation. Antonio Callaway, you know, you have Jarvis Landry there. You got Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman can easily break out this year. It's his third year. Can easily break out. It wouldn't be a huge shock. You got Josh Gordon. We all love Josh Gordon. You have former first-round pick David Njoku. You got Duke Johnson's a pass catcher running back. You have Nick Chubb there. A lot of mouths to feed there as well. Right. So we're sitting here saying, hey, Traquan Smith, you know, sorry, bud. Lots of mouths to feed here. A lot going on. What do we feel about Antonio Callaway? Um, I mean, it's a very similar notion. I mean, I, as a Browns fan, I'm excited that he's on our team. But as as a fantasy person, I I mean, it, there are a lot of question marks around this guy. So, 
you know, top of the third round is where I'd feel best getting this guy, but I have a feeling he's going to sneak up there in the second round. So I'm not going to get – I don't think I'm going to get many shares of him, to be honest. I agree. 3-1, 3-2 I think is pretty safe for him right around – right right, right for me for the liking. I could see me um, – if I had like a late pick, like 2-11, 2-12, same thing. Nobody that I overly love taking him. Where I see the nice – you know, the upside long-term is we don't know what's going to happen to Josh Gordon long-term. I don't think Corey Coleman's going to turn around with the possibility of not even making it out of camp potentially. And they do have their quarterback in the future in Baker Mayfield locked in there, who's an extremely accurate quarterback that will actually play well with Antonio Callaway's strengths. No, I agree. I just have one final follow-up question on the Corey Coleman fist bump. You didn't by any chance break his hand during that fist bump, did you? I don't know. I'm pretty rock solid. I know that you're rock solid. I know he's got super soft hands, so I was just wanting to – See if maybe you heard a crunch and could, a broken really bone. I'm like, ooh, drop that drop, <laughs> drop that bump. But I don't, I'm not. I have nothing against Corey. No, me neither, man. I root for him. I hope he does really well. It's he just, just he just breaks his hand every year. So and he's very yeah. He had one good game versus the Baltimore Moore Ravens a couple of years ago. Whoop de doo da. Moving on to another pick here in the fourth round, Chris Henderson to the New York Jets, tight end out of Miami. It's Herndon. Herndon. Yep. Sorry. No worries. Hey, man. I'm not here to pronunciate. Yeah. I'm to get through these names. <laughs> so, did I mention the Cavs are playing? Yes, you did. Uh, tight end out of the U. Uh, what do you know about this guy? Nothing. Yeah, not much either from my side. No, because I don't. I, when I when I started watching some of this tight end tape, it was kind of like, uh, I know. Yep. But I mean, he's in a good spot. He's in a good spot. Obviously, there's no other tight end there that's been established. Um, you know. For a guy that I don't know much on, and probably need to do some actual, you know, solid tape study. He's six foot four, nine and a quarter inch hands, two hundred fifty three pounds. Uh, he's going to come in here. He suffered. Play? He suffered an injury from from what I remember, uh, so he didn't get to play much this season. He's a good. At, here's here's um, a scouting thing on him. He's a good athlete and has the ability to make plays, big plays, which is what I care about. He's not a soft blocker either. He's just really raw with everything. I'm okay with that. You take those guys later and you let your coaches develop them. It's all coachable for him. Hashtag AFC team executive. Okay. So that's on a scout report here from NFL.com. You know, some of the things they say here that he's dangerous after the catch. Stride length allows him for getaway separation from linebackers. Uh, so I mean, typical former wideout in high school. I would say typical uh, tight end from the U. You know what I mean? They kind of pump him out every every couple of years here. Um, obviously, not as highly touted as a guy like Njoku or anything like that. Um, but an athletic type of tight end who used to play wide receiver, they converted him to tight end. Had season injury, sur- had season ending and in surgery on his MCL in November. That that's what I was referring he's to. Probably got yeah. a red shirt this year. Uh, so I, I mean that's uh, that's all the way in November and an MCL he might be able to participate this year. I wouldn't say that he's yeah, just going to totally redshirt. Red but still, I mean, it takes time to develop and that team too, that's going to struggle. Uh, for me, I I've been, again, I've done so many rookie drafts. I haven't even really seen him taken very high. I mean, I've taken, I took him into our super flex league. I think like I had the last pick in the fourth round or fifth round. You got him. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I think it was either the fourth or the fifth round. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was late. Great analysis. And it, was, and it was just a, a dart throw type of thing. Okay. Uh, moving on, Kyle Loletta goes to the New York Giants here, quarterback. Now he's going to fall in. Now he's out of Richmond, six foot three. had a really, really good senior bowl. Nice sleeper. 65% of his passes were um, short or check down passes. But he's going to go to a situation right now where he, you know, they have Davis Webb there, and he's mm-hmm. going to sit behind Eli. 
Not a bad spot, but against long term, you're looking at this as more of a super flex play here. Probably third round is worth a gamble on him. But again, with the talent that gets pushed back, you're probably looking right around for me to be comfortable to be okay with him because a guy like Kyle Letta, I can get next year's draft in the second round or next year's third round. I'm looking at him right around the mid third round, right around there in, in a super in flex, a super flex yeah, and, mid, to, mid to late third round, and not not you know you're you're looking fourth fifth round in a, in a normal draft for Kyle Oletta. Fifth round it, yeah, for me, yeah, fast again. Guys like him are just littered throughout the. They are. Um, I do like his skills, and I like the fact that obviously. Um, you know, new coaching staff there in town, and and this is the guy that they pick. So, I mean, Davis Webb, I don't think they were high on when they came in. They they're going to give the guy a chance, you know, obviously to compete throughout throughout camp. But this is the guy that they actually picked. Uh-huh. Um, so I think you know, long term, he's got the edge, you know, in my eyes over Davis Webb, and and obviously Eli's. Eli's not long for the NFL. So, I mean, Kyle Oletto may end up getting a shot if he develops here in the next three years. But, I mean, that, it, it's definitely like a, it's definitely a project. It's, it's going to be somebody that you have to sit on for a while. He's not going to be playing anytime soon. Well, we mentioned here, like, in a regular league fifth round, it's not even really worth that, honestly, because in a regular league that's not super flex, it's so easy to pick up a guy through trade, like an older guy. It's so easy to go out there and get a Ryan Tannehill. It's so easy to go out there and get an Andy Dalton. Yeah, but um, sometimes it feels nice to get a guy like this and, and draft him. And, if he hits. Yeah, no. What about a guy like that drafted like a Kirk Cousins years back? You know, that was the, the second quarterback taken on that outlier, team. Outlier. I, I understand, but, listen, but, here's uh, the thing. but I think I think Laletta's got some skills out of the guys I, I, I looked like, at this year. He, I wrote down my notes on him. I like him as a sleeper. Right. I like him. I like his touch. He has very nice touch on the ball, quick release. Goes through his uh, throws really nice, uh, or his motions. Um, really low, throws not, not deep, bad at balls down. Uh, the deep ball is consistent. Arm strength is questionable, but not bad. So for me, to, for him, he's somebody that I think has some nice upside. But here's the thing with Eli Manning. So say the Giants implode because Eli Manning just has a bad year. They're taking a, a quarterback extremely high next year. Um, whenever the ship sails, unless – Laletta's not even going to get the opportunity to really show what he has that much as well. And there's a good chance when it does all fail, they're going to be taking a quarterback extremely high no matter what. I I understand that, and and I understand your reasoning, but it's like, look look what Pat Shermer just literally did last year with a backup quarterback in in Case Keenum. And and I think Kyle Laletta is very similar to Keenum in in a lot of ways, and that's probably why he ended up drafting him. If he could do that with Keenum, I think – he could turn Kyle Oletta into a viable, viable option at quarterback in the next two to three years. We'll see what the GM wants to do in Gettleman. And, and um, I mean, when I look at things, I look at it, I'm trying to look at it through through a lens, you know, that's not necessarily just mine. Because, I mean, I wouldn't, have a, I wouldn't have room on my team to draft a guy like this. You know what I mean? A lot of my teams are, are stacked. I have a hard time getting guys out of my roster a lot of times, and I have to cut guys just to get my, my taxi squad guys up. But not everyone's in that situation. You know what I mean? So a fifth-round pick on a guy that they can, you know, stash on their taxi squad, uh, taxi squad for two years, and then they have extra room on their roster is, I think, I think a worthy pick in, in around the fifth round. Okay. Solid. Um. Moving on here, next pick is going to be Mark Walton to the Cincinnati Bengals, running back out of the Miami U. Uh, Walton's a guy that we kind of came down on after we watched more tape of him, somebody we were a little bit more excited about before we de- dug deeper. Lands into a situation where you know they, they invested a high second-round pick in Joe Mixon. 
Joe Mixon's a potential three down back. You do got Gio Bernard down there. So for me, he's going to have to beat out Joe Mixon, which I don't see happening. Makes him just a change of pace back, uh, injury back, nice injury back to have. I see him as a high third round rookie pick, and you're looking for an opportunity where Mixon goes down and he just comes in and shows enough where he's the guy and he overtakes him, which I just don't see happening. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is one of those things where they're drafting to kind of get ahead of the curve here. I think Gio Bernard, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what his what his um, contract status is. But I, but got, I, I think this might because I know he signed a three-year extension. I think two years ago it was a three. I was going to say I so feel I like it, this I, might be it. I feel like it's winding down. So I think this is one of those. A we're not going to be able to pay Geo again. Let's get a guy in here that can do the same kind of things. Um, you know, I don't think um, Walton is the exact same type of player, but nah, not at all. But um, I think he can do some of the same things or like at the, least similar type of stuff. Abilities, ability right. to start and stop on a dime is nice. But you're, again, you're talking about a role player. Out He'll be here. a change-up to Mixon. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it would take a catastrophic failure on Mixon's part for uh, Walton to have like a consistent fantasy relevance. I and guess. I'm basing this on that he's going to succeed. Like Mixon's going to succeed too, sure. which sure. is why I kind of lower him down to my third round because I like Mixon enough where I think his opportunity is going to be. Yeah. So right. next pick, Denver Broncos take Deshaun Hamilton. They took Cortland Cortland Sutton Sutton in round two. They come back and take Deshaun Hamilton. We mentioned earlier when we talked about Sutton that the future in Denver is going to be Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton, where you know you have the Demarius Thomas, Cortland Sutton, and then you look for Hamilton to come in and play that Manny Sanders role. So to me, it is a good spot. Some people are like, oh, it's a crowded room. It's late, fourth-round pick. I like Deshaun Hamilton out of uh, Penn State going here. We're in a 4-5-2. This is a guy with a really good release on the line, isn't afraid to go up and get the ball. Uh, he's a he's a close to the line of scrimmage type of guy. He he's definitely he runs most of his stuff within ten ten yards of the line of scrimmage. Most receptions in Penn State history. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, but that's going to be a really nice offset, I think, to to Cortland Sutton. I mean, I think him and Carlos Henderson are going to be kind of scrapping uh, and fighting for that number two and, and slot uh, roles here yeah, in I can Denver. See, I guess even see Henderson being used more as like the more the deep threat guy. And then Hamilton being that slot guy for those, you know, short intermediate roles. 80% of Hamilton's catches came in college for went for first down. Yep. So I could see Carlos Henderson actually being utilized completely different than how they would want to utilize Deshaun Hamilton. I think he has a nice potential here to, to be one of those nice, very solid PPR receivers. Like uh, wide receiver three type of guys. Yeah. yeah. That falls in where he never does anything overly fancy. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to our boy Brian Hartline out of Ohio State, who people just – Never gave any two craps about, and for like four or five years there, you know, even in redrafts, he'd go super late. But he was a wide receiver three every single year, and he was consistent and consistent. Right. You know, which which is points. awesome. I mean, if you can get a, a consistent wide receiver three, then I mean, that's really what you're looking for. And that's what I think Deshaun yeah. Hamilton's upside is. You know, never that wide receiver one, never that wide receiver two. Really, maybe he has a year like. His breakout year, he's a wide receiver too, like low end or mid end, and you know the name. Sure, some crazy contract uh, year type of pr- uh, production or something. Even Manny Sanders is a well known name now. It took him time to get up to that, you know, from oh, Pittsburgh yeah. to here. Oh, yeah. Took him time to get there to be that well named player mm-hmm. that you want. Still, you're you're not riding Manny Sanders to a championship. You know, he's not your like ace, but he's a very good piece to have. Oh, yeah, yeah if you if you win. have him as your third wide receiver, you're fantastic. Yeah, you're you're doing good. And that's the upside of somebody like yep. Deshaun Hamilton, right? Somebody can come in. Maybe he can catch 75 footballs when he starts, you know, in year three, and he can have 850 receiving yards. And then you're like, okay, now we're talking here. 
I played Deshaun Hamilton week in, week out. Now the second round pick, high third round pick that you took in your your dynasty rookie draft is paid dividends ten times over because this is where in the part of the draft where these are the players you're looking for. You know, you you can't just be blind and like, oh, I'm looking for that number one receiver. You're looking for people that can role play. Who in this slot can help me out and help me play and win? You know, instead of taking some of these gambles on a guy like Mark Walton, I would love to get my hands on a guy that like Deshaun Hamilton. To me, it comes in where the upside is not as great as maybe uh, an equanimous St. Brown in right. Green Bay. You know, maybe the upside is not as high there, but the floor to me seems a lot safer. So at the very back end of the second round, high end of the first round, you know, I come away with a guy like Deshaun Hamilton. I'm coming away pretty happy where I'm like, okay, I'm hoping to get worst case out of here, a wide receiver three. Something I can start in my dynasty roster. If you get somebody that late, that's fantastic. That is great. Yeah. Do you see him there? No, yeah, absolutely. Where do you see him in the draft? Um, I think he's third round material and end of the third ish. Okay. What do you see him? End of the second, third round. I feel like I'm going to Okay. All right. Depen- you know, depends how the draft unfolds. End of the second, that early, huh? It depends who's there. I'd have okay. to, most likely the third round there, but mid the high third round. I, I was going to say, I, I am in like uh, 32. So, I mean, I got him, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, he's into the third round for sure. Moving down the list here, we got the Dolphins take Durham Smith, uh, tight end of Notre Dame. His tape didn't excite me. I don't want to dwell on him. I don't want to dwell on any of these tight ends, honestly. I think they want to run a two tight end set there in Miami, and he was the best available guy because they literally have nobody. And they could block. Yep. Uh, You get Atlanta Falcons, you come in with Edo Smith. Nice landing spot. You know, Tevin Coleman's in the last year of his contract. Mm -hmm. uh, Devontae Freeman's not any younger. So you bring that pass catcher running back in as an Edo Smith. I think it's a good spot for him. I think you nailed it right there. Um, definitely type of, you know, Tevin Coleman is going to be out the door next year type of move in my eyes. This guy's an open field runner, so he's the guy that's going to get out there and be out there in the passing game, and that's where his big thing is going to come into, the passing game. So we're not going to be looking for him to contribute in 2018, but in 2019, this is a guy who might be viable. We'll see. Smaller guy, five foot nine, 201, but really nice in the open field. Yep. So good spot for him playing the dome. I love those kind of guys in the dome. Uh, moving on here, we have Jaleel Scott goes to the Baltimore Ravens out of uh, New Mexico State. You actually missed um, Kellen, Kellen Balazs. Yep. You know the big running back, six foot three, really good pass catching ability. Go there, goes there to Miami. To me, a lot of people are taking Kellen Balazs in the second round, which is fair because of opportunity and upside. I'm just I'm big on Kenyon Drake. I thought Kenyon Drake showed me enough last year where. He's going to be I, – I, I don't think he's going to lose the job. Uh, I think Kellen Blodge coming here be a spell back. You know, again, he can catch the ball well. He's a big guy, so come in there and block. As I say, he, can, he, he, he profiles as a three-down back, and that's why people are, are taking him where they're taking him. I don't have a problem with it. I, I have him ranked 19, so I would, I would also take him in the second round. Yeah, he, so, he's, uh, he's a second-round player because – but you're – Again, he goes. If I if I loved him, he would be up towards the front of the second round. He's, but you're hoping, though. Yeah, Again, no, absolutely. He falls That's in a situation. You're hoping. You're hoping he can one outbeat uh, Kenyon Drake, who right? They, who they took in what the second round of the NFL draft a couple of years uh, ago, two years ago, or was it third? I can't remember what round he was in. Maybe I third. don't. I don't think it was the second. It was round, the though. third. It was okay. actually the third because I remember kind of somewhat surprised. But he was like the third running back to select. Yeah, he he was lines. he was definitely taken higher than a lot of people thought. And they, and they invested a lot into him, and it gave Kenyon Drake a big boost and then finally at the end of the year last year Kenyon Drake got the opportunity and he sh- looked fantastic he you did. know Absolutely. there's a lot of if you look at a lot of charts and whatnot Kenyon 
Drake from the period that he played was at the top of a lot of those charts, whether it would be, you know, run, you know, yards after contact and elusiveness where, you know, then you bring a guy like Kellen Balazs who doesn't overly blow me away with this tape. Again, he seems like a nice running back, but nobody like that I have to have. Right. To me, again, you're taking a guy in the second round at a needy position that you just hope turns into something. I agree. It is a boom bust type of pick. We'll, we'll I'll label it that way. How okay. about that? Jaleel Scott goes to the Baltimore Ravens out of New Mexico State. Uh, the Ravens are in dire straits for a future receiver. Jaleel Scott could kind of fall into that category. Uh, you know what? Once Ozzie Newsom decided to draft Jaleel Scott, I decided I am not going to draft Jaleel Scott. He is that bad at drafting wide receivers. Okay. <laughs> Missouri, out of Missouri, Jamon Moore goes to the Green Bay Packers in the very next pick. Now, it's funny here is where everybody's taking Equinemia St. Brown ahead of Jamon Moore, and the Packers took Jamon Moore ahead of Equinemia St. Brown. That's just silly in my eyes. I mean, Jamon Moore is a is a pretty good player out of Missouri. Um, it's not like Equinemia St. Brown like blew me away when I watched his tape. Um, just a big receiver. He's just a big, yeah. He's a big wide receiver. He's like six foot five. Javon Moore is six foot three, two oh seven. So he he profiles as a number one type body frame, all in his own. So I mean, it's somebody you know. I think they they took a lot of stabs at the or, you know uh, at at replacing Jordy Nelson here in this draft. They're they're trying their best. They're they're just going to throw a bunch of darts basically and see which one. Uh, so you're going to take a big receiver when you take the one with better speed. I would yes. And Javon Moore. Yep, Jamon Moore definitely has it. So he should go ahead of Equinemia St. Brown in your rookie drafts, right? Yep. Clear as day. All right. Uh, moving on, Chase Edmond gets drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, running back out of Fordham. This is a guy, again, nice pass-catching ability, elusiveness. You have David Johnson there, yes, who can catch a lot of footballs, but this is going to be, to me, a nice spell back in a guy like Chase Edmonds who could hold value in the passing games. Let's see how David, even David Johnson can hold up healthy wise yeah absolutely man i think they realized once david johnson went down they didn't have anything behind him let's get some fresh legs in here um chase edmonds is a really elusive um smaller back can't really do everything that david johnson can but um if david johnson was to go down he could he could fill a role you know what i mean and 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 take probably more of the workload than uh any of those other guys did last year so okay i like chase edmonds last pick in uh this round the dallas cowboys take dalton schultz tight end uh, he's six foot six, nine and a half inch hands out of Stanford. Uh, Stanford always kind of gets that one good tight end out there. They right? just pump him out every year, man. Two hundred forty four so, pounds. Um, obviously, Jay, uh, Jason Witten announced that he was retiring, like right in the midst of the draft, kind of thing. And then the the Cowboys go out and use a fourth round pick on, on Dalton Schultz. So we'll see. Um, I think they got kind of jumped there in the second round. You know by the Eagles to get Dallas Goddard. Yeah. And this was the guy that kind of fell to him. Dallas Goddard and Dallas. Oh my God. That would have been ridiculous. His name after the Cowboys too. It's fantastic. So for me, you know, the news and notes I have on Schultz here is basically he's a blocking tight end that it, that is catching is able to catch. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of underwhelming, but he's a big guy. Doesn't have really speed or anything on those lines. He ran a four, seven, five. So he's not like a burner by any chance, by any means, but neither was Witten. You know, it's not like Witten for the past, five six years with was dust on anybody so we'll see how savvy he is obviously there's guys on that team that um i like more obviously uh the big man from baylor uh what's his name why can't i think of his name i'm totally blanking not Je- rico gathers yeah rico gathers i like him i like his upside more and, and there's he- jeffrey swim there too so yeah i'm not i'm not recommending drafting this guy at all moving to the fifth round there's a guy actually i do like here a lot 
Well, you want to stop? Uh, no, I mean, whatever you want to do. Let's just let's just rush through these last couple guys quickly. All right, cool. We? Yeah, Is sure. You okay with that? Yeah. Just bust them out. So we'll yeah. do this again next week and talk about Absolutely. Ferg's. Yes. Um, so real quick, there's a guy actually I do like here a lot in the fifth round wide receiver goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of Pennsylvania, Justin Watson. Justin Watson. He's so already far, show, showing out already in camp. Showing a lot out in camp yep. right now. I think this guy is a huge bump already at six foot three, I believe he is. Two twenty five. Yeah, he's a big guy, man. Making really nice over the catch you know, over the shoulder catches. I know they have Chris Godwin there. The Sean Jackson's not long for the team. But this is a guy showing really well, could fill into that three wide receiver set there and be a guy. If one of these other guys goes down for injury, he could kind of show himself. I think he's a really good stash that you can get in the fourth round of your rookie draft. And he's somebody where, like, he's circled and red oh, yeah. oh, on yeah. my board saying, get Justin Watson in the fourth. If somehow the draft played out funky and I was at the back end of the third and there was just nobody there I was over and in love with. And, and, you know, maybe one of these running backs I don't love here. I think Justin Watson's even a nice stash there. I'm totally with you, man. I love I, the reports I, I'm reading. I got that. him in our Superflex startup draft, and I was so excited. Um, I think I got him with, like, my last pick, too. So, I mean, obviously in Superflex, in super some things get pushed down a little bit. But Justin Watson was a nice little pickup. Then you have Troy Fumagalli goes to the Denver Broncos mm-hmm. out of Wisconsin. Again, I don't think he's overly fantastic at anything. I don't like it. I think Jake Butt's a better football player than him, so I'm not worried about Troy Fumagalli. Tyler Conklin goes to the Minnesota Vikings. Nice spot for him to learn behind a guy like Kyle Rudolph. I like Tyler Conklin. Of all the other tight ends we mentioned, mm-hmm. I like Tyler Conklin in the fourth round as a nice tight end stash over everybody else we've mentioned since Hayden Hurst. I do, I, I do also. Um, I was lucky. Then I, I picked him up as an undrafted free agent in our Superflex League, which I was pretty excited about. Just throw him on my roster real quick and, and just hold on to him. So um, I, I like his upside as well. So Tyler Conklin's a nice little stash, nice little guy to grab in the fourth, fifth round of, of rookie draft. Rookie draft. Mm-hmm. Another interesting pick here. The next goes to the Colts with Dries Fountain, six foot one, 210 pounds wide receiver. Uh, the Colts take him, and, again, this is a guy who's an explosive athlete. And he's going to go to the Colts team. Where outside of you, know, I think Chester Rogers is logged in as number two right now. T.Y. Hilton's getting up there a little bit in age. You bring in a guy like Fountain, and you're like, okay, guy's explosive, fast, uh, get up field, routes aren't terrible, good leaping ability. So nice dash here and a good team, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like they used a high pick on him. So you know, in the middle to end of the the fifth round. He's one of those guys that could go either way, but not a bad stash um, just because of of opportunity on the team and everything. And athletic enough where Mm -hmm. with the right people in place and get them having a guy like Andrew Luck as your quarterback, I could see a 2019-20 season where like, okay, Therese Fountain, this was a good pick for me, late third, fourth round. Sure. Is that yep. where you see him? Yep, absolutely. Uh, late. I don't know. I don't know if he's late third for me. Yeah, fourth. As I say, more, more like fourth. Uh, I was bona fide fourth round pick. There's no when we get to the third. Like once you get that middle of the third, it's kind of like take who you think as the best upside. Right, and and for me, it, it's not found. I got some other guys at him, like we already mentioned Watson and and maybe even Conklin and something like that. So okay, you got you know even got you know Jordan Lazley to the Baltimore Ravens, right? Goes next. He's got some upside. Uh, I must have missed that one. My bad. What pick was that? Uh, pick number is twenty-five oh, okay. in the fifth round to the Baltimore Ra- Ravens out of US UCLA. Right on, Jordan Slaisley. I mean, I know the name. I just I just didn't have him on my board here, so that was my oh, fault. He's on there. So, right. 
you got him. You got Jalen Samuels to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And people are always sneaking in, like, where's Jalen Samuels going to play? You look converted tight end uh, to running back. To me, he's a running back, and I think that's how they're going to use him. Or they might, you know, they might flex him out a little bit and, and even run him as a fullback type of guy and, and throw passes to him as well. He catches really well. And he's not like horrible as a running back. He's not. That's not his speciality. I would say catching the ball is more of his more of his forte. If, if um, Le'Veon leaves and you get a bigger power back and he's going to catch the football, that's where he can start to come into effect. That's exactly what I was going to say. Another so. pick right after that too with the Colts as well. They take another running back in Jordan Wilkins. I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. I think he's another good guy that you get in the fourth round. Where if somehow now the reports out of Hines, Naheem Hines are looking fantastic, but if something falters there, whether it be injury in camp or whatnot, Jordan Wilkins could be the next man up. He also catches the ball very well, and and he's bigger too. You know, six foot one, two sixteen is what he uh, measured in at. So um, definitely profiles more as your everyday, every down type of guy as well. Yeah, I like him as a nice fourth round pick, uh, getting it back on the roster. Then you have a guy like Marquez Valdez goes to the Packers here to buy last pick in the fifth round. Then another receiver people are looking at here. Another guy similar size to Jamal Moore, six foot four, two oh six instead of six three, two oh seven. So I mean, they're looking for a type of guy and they're shooting as many darts basically as possible at that that particular size um wide receiver. Damian Radley, first pick in the sixth round goes to the Cleveland Browns out of Texas A and M wide receiver. Again, just another weapon there in Cleveland. But you know, too many mouths to feed. To me, I'm stashing him at the very end of the fifth, sixth round if I even want to select him at all. That, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him any earlier in the sixth round. No. John Kelly goes to the Rams uh, out of Tennessee. A guy that you liked a little bit probably more than I did pre-draft um, and, and just landed in a whole horrible spot. Yeah, literally needs <laughs> an injury to have any relevance for him. If To me, I'm only taking him if I'm a Todd Gurley owner for a handcuff. At that. Or if you want to stick it to the Todd Gurley owner and, and try to screw him later in, for some reason. Okay. If, if you have some personal vendetta. <laughs> Fair enough. People do that kind of thing. I do that kind of thing. I know you do. Uh, Deion Kane goes in Indianapolis Colts. Clemson receiver who, you know, again, we mentioned before, is supposed to come in with the exit of all the, you know, Mike Williams and whatnot, and just kind of never came up to that ability. Had all the hype around him, but never came into fruition. Goes to the Colts. Yeah, I mean, good landing spot. Um, obviously, another really late pick. So th- for them, they're hoping for the best that they get the the good version of Deion Kane because he does flash uh, on tape. So, but he just didn't do it often enough, or you know, consistently enough for me. So, if they if he if he can turn it around and become a consistent player, he's he could be a big time player. So, I mean, for me, I would rather even take Deion Kane over the other guy that they got the, uh, um, Darius Fountain. Okay, and I, I can see taking Deion Kane over Darius Fountain as well. Uh, I think he has a name recognition. You could take a guy like Fount, uh, Deion Kane, probably late third, high fourth. Um, I mean, I still wouldn't take him till you know if he fell to me at the end of the fourth. Every, I'd take if him. You, if you get where I'm going with this, everybody's a late third round pick for me at this point. Yeah, basically. Um, um, and then let's, let's just go through a couple of these names again. Late, you know, flyers. You got Dylan Cottrell out of wide receiver Texas Tech goes to the Chargers, and that's their typical size guy too, like six three, two hundred twenty five pounds. Like, I mean, those are the kind of guys that that Philip Rivers loves to throw to. Yeah, because you got Tyrell Williams there, and of course, top, you know, seventh seventh overall pick last year mm-hmm. in Mike Williams, and you still have Rabbit Travis Benjamin there as well. The Atlanta Falcons take Russell Gage, wide receiver out of LSU. 
Uh, you have a running back going Boston Scott to the Saints. Right. I mean, yeah. I think he's got a little bit of early early season relevance, right? Yes. With with Mark with, Ingram with Mark suspended Ingram. for steroids. That news and notes. Um, it we, wasn't we it wasn't steroids. It was something that he was supposedly exempt and allowed to take, and then he wasn't allowed to take. Sounds like steroids. It was not steroids. Whatever he did, he took something bad. Luke Falk goes to Titans. No, thank you. Boston Scott to the Saints. Yes. Does does this boost Boston Scott's value a little bit to the point where I know we have a good article if you want to read about Louis, the Louisiana Tech running back. It's on DynastyNerds.com, written by Jordan. Uh, or not Jordan, it was by John DeMent. He covers this, you know, this good opportunity for Boston Scott, and where is he going to land here? It's a good article on DynastyNerds.com, so check it out. But, you know, Boston Scott now, does he get a boost because he has that early first four games potential? Because we don't know if he's locked in. I was going to say, it's, it's him or Jonathan Williams, um, most likely going to be Jonathan Williams since he's he's been around the league a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of these guys, that's all they need is an opportunity. So Boston mm-hmm. Scott, I, I think, should get a little bit of a boost just because he's going to get an early opportunity. You'll know if he sucks right real away. real quick. Okay. You know, So that, that's, that's not a bad thing for a fifth-round pick or some fourth-round pick. Jacksonville takes Tanner Lee, quarterback out of Nebraska. So if Blake Bortles is going to fail in two years, you got a guy like Tanner Lee you might lean on, but they were going to go, uh, they'd go higher in the draft for someone. Yeah, those Tanner, lines. Tanner Lee sucks. Don't bother. Uh, Trent Canning, running back out of Virginia State, goes to the New York Jets. Little explosive type of guy. Um, I don't know a ton about him, but uh, you know, I think he's like only a 185, 190 pound guy. Yeah, no so, thanks. Uh, uh, Equinemius St. Browns goes to the Packers. We mentioned him earlier. Upsize, size there, but again, they drafted all three big receivers here. Who's going to overcape? Remember, the big thing to remember is Equinemius St. Brown was the third receiver that the Packers drafted. That the Packers drafted. Exactly. Correct. Cedric Wilson of Boise State goes to the Cowboys. Explosive receiver. Not a bad place for him either. You know, 6'2", 197 pounds. Um, we've mentioned their lack of depth um, yes. several times. So um, he, he could obviously... He, he gets could, a bump on my board. He could carve out a role. Yeah, yeah. size, ability there, um, opportunity. I love taking the second wide receiver drafted. In, I know you in do. A draft, they, so. they, they usually pan out there. So Cedric Wilson, fourth round. Uh, fourth, fifth round. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in my fourth, fifth round. So um, let me see exactly where I had him. Yes, that would be uh, fifth round for me. Braxton Barrios. But I could see him. I could see myself bumping him up by the time I actually take a draft. You know, okay, do a draft. Braxton Barrios goes to the Patriots. I'm good on Patriots receivers at the draft. Really, I, I, I mean, their guys are getting a, lot, a little long in the tooth, and this guy profiles as the next people slot. love him there. The next, the next slot, slot wires, yeah, New England, absolutely. How, how long is Brady even going to be there for? Uh. What I mean, what is it? For, another you're four right. years? You're I mean, right. there's four. Years. You're right. So Braxton Barrios could absolutely be, you know, just hitting his stride by then. Jordan Thomas goes to the Texans, another tight end. He's 18 years younger than Aiken, so that's the tight end I would take there. Uh, and then when you finally get to the dreaded last seventh round, of the NFL draft, where nobody really comes to fruition. You got Danny Etlin for, goes to the quarterback from the Patriots. Alex McHugh. Now, Alex uh, McGow, I mean, goes to the Seahawks. Superflex note, I guess in the, the little rookie camp or whatever, the coaches were extremely impressed with him. They were. They really liked what they saw. I mean, they even went out and uh, they cut uh, Stephen Morris. 
Yeah. This is right after well. right after that. So that you, shows you that you know that it's legit. They're not like just they're not just putting that out there just to put it out there. Superflex draft. Alex McGow, totally draftable, totally worth a stash. Absolutely. Uh you have wide receiver Javon Wims goes to the Chicago Bears. They need help. It's interesting there. Broncos take another running back in David Williams out of Arkansas. Marcel Aitman, court receiver at Oklahoma State. We didn't like it all. Goes to Oakland. I can't uh, wait to watch John Gruden yell at him. Bo Scarborough <laughs> goes to back up Zeke Elliott. Everybody. At, Big uh, running back. Right. He's going right back where he did in Alabama. Go to right where he does in the pros. Just yep. a change of pace. Running back. Yep. Nick Baldwin goes to the Detroit Lions out of San Diego State. No thanks. Richie James goes to San Francisco. Interesting pick. Richie James? Yeah. Okay. San Fran. You never know with those Kyle, never uh, know. Kyle Shanahan guys. Yep. Logan Woodside goes to the Bengals. Ryan Izzo goes tight end out of Florida State, goes to the Patriots. Justin Jackson, the loose running back at Northwestern, goes to the Chargers. Which isn't a bad – that's kind of a – Could it be hmm. out Eckler for the running back two spot? I mean, Possibly. That, that's that's what the battle's going to be right there. So that, that's for sure. Auden Tate goes to the Bengals. Big size receiver, slow as a rock. Slow. Very slow. Very slow. Austin Prohl out of North Carolina goes to the Buffalo Bills. And Mr. Relevant this year, Trey, a guy who we liked a lot. Trey, Trey. Out of SMU, Trey Quinn. Trey you know, Quinn. guy that could. Yeah. Nice I like it. I like him. Receiver. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, the, la- the last the last five or six guys that you said, I'd rather have Trey Quinn. Yeah, I think he's somebody, honestly, like I think two years from now, three years from now, like him and Alex Smith could be buddies. They, they could be. Yeah, like they may work out that way. Yeah. So that's it. Those those are all the names in the NFL draft. We, I know the last part we didn't break it down. We didn't cover the guys. It's boring, mundane. But listen, why 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 you know we'll you know, co- we we've got plenty of time to cover them. We just wanted to get it out there, get some quick thoughts yeah. on on some of those and end so, guys. And some people like to spend way too much time on these guys. They'll, they'll break down all these guys in depth and the possibility of their upside and what's going on with them. When most of these guys are going to fizzle, you know. For Rizzle. We didn't even really cover a lot of these guys pre-draft, which, I mean, is saying a lot. Mm-hmm. So next coming up, we're going to do a mock draft. Yeah. We're going to pretty much rank these guys for you. Cool, man. We're going to take them. We're going to select them. We're going to tell you why we took them, where we took them, and why we like them in our future outcome. So until then, we'll be back next week. Matt and I, same time, same channel. Till then, hit me up on Twitter if you got any Dynasty questions at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. Hit the site at Dynasty Nerds. Make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com every single day. If you want to leave us a rating review on iTunes, we'd appreciate it. You can and, find us all over the place. And they love to read them. I love to read them. Yes, you do. We're at like 555. Nice. Somewhere there. Closer to 600 than I thought we would be. Yeah. But I'm tired. I'm beat. Don't forget to get on our Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Join the group chat. It's fantastic. It is awesome. Yeah, I see all these terrible it's growing every single there. day. Yeah, we're almost at 2,000 people. Nice. We're like 1,960. 1, well, get on there, people. We need yeah. to get to 2K. 2K! <laughs> Why 2K? Right. Why me? Arrivederci. Adios. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.